0: RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network.
1: It is Mission Log Live. I'm Ken Ray.
2: And I'm John Champion. And each week on Mission Log Live, we say hello to our Star Trek pals. That's you, our Star Trek pals, and you say hello to us. And that's the fun part. Whatever is on your mind, whatever you want to talk about, well, we would like to discuss that on the show. So click the link, pick up the phone, do the thing, talk to us. We have three whole guests for you to meet tonight, all of whom are with us at Star Trek Las Vegas. First up, Wendy Rotterweiss and Josh Kurtz from the newest show on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Shabam! Then we'll be joined by Allison Pitt, host and producer of Daily Star Trek News. They'll be with us in just a moment to talk about STLV, their shows, and the latest in what's happening in the world of Trek.
1: Of course, it is more fun if you play along, which is easy to do. Just click the Zoom meeting link on your screen or use the one top from your smartphone, or you can dial us up 669 900 6833. 669 900 6833. Then you enter the meeting code, then you talk to Earl and you talk to us. It all starts that with that phone call, 669-900-6833. Really excited by the way, John. Uh we have the whole guest tonight. Three whole guests, you yeah, said. Three yeah. three entire
2: guests. It's not like it two, two guests and a half, not yeah, no,
1: that'd be like strange. That touch and go for a bit whether we're going to have two whole hosts yeah yeah i have
2: a little uh, a little thing happening today still not resolved but uh, i got here a, an entire 10 minutes before the show
1: yeah so, so excellent yeah. well done <laughs> Thank uh, you. honestly everybody that i've asked today uh, barring our guests uh, mm-hmm. but everybody i've asked today is like how's your day i've had seriously three people tell me it's a day
2: Yeah, it is a day. It's been a day for me since Saturday, but now (laughs) now it is an entirely other day. Still a day. Um, Hey, if you're watching, you can drop us a note. You you can just send a little something in the chat. In fact, I'm looking at the chat thread on Facebook, so we get to say hello. Uh, There's Ron. There's Eric. There's John Cooley. Cooley! Uh, There's Lisa. There's Paul. There's James. There's Carlos. There's Karen. Narda, all the way from Australia. Uh, There's uh, Judy. There's uh, a lot of people, so many people, so many people. Count. I can't name them all. I mean, I could, but that'd be half the show right there. We don't want to. Yeah,
1: which would be kind of crazy. Hey, yeah. we do want to thank everybody for joining us live, though. If they are joining us live, be that on Facebook or at YouTube at Roddenberry Prod. Hey, maybe you're picking us up later on the audio podcast version of this show. That's fantastic. We're glad to have you lo- as long along. Excuse me as well. And uh, Remember, wherever you're getting Mission Log Live, please do us a favor: hit like, hit share, uh, because then it's more people enjoying Mission Log Live, and who doesn't want that in their coffee? Yeah, it's been a while, John, since we've done the poll question, but uh, we have a poll question. Well, we been. had a poll question, <laughs> and then we have another one. What do you want to do? Well,
2: we had a poll question three weeks ago. I'll handle that because uh, it's the easy one, right? Three weeks ago, we asked, will you be at Star Trek Las Vegas? 10% of you said yes, and I guess you were there. I guess those are the people who came up and said, hey, I'm here. 90% of you said no. Oh, we we wish you could come see us in Vegas.
1: You know what's terrible about going to Las Vegas? What's that? Uh, So many people come by and you say hello to so many people and names just begin to escape you. Yeah, Uh, There was a gentleman who was the person, basically, the last time we did the live show, who said, yeah, I'm going to be there. And I was like, well, you're going to have to come by and say hello every day because all these other people aren't. And he was good. And he came by, I believe, every day or almost every day to say hello, supporting the Mission uh, Mission Log Live family be damned if i can remember his name
2: <laughs> well there <laughs> might be a few there might be a few who you know we talk to on a regular basis but then when you put a put a name with a face and a voice in uh, meet space yeah be our kids call it
1: yeah i feel certain i would recognize him if i saw him and i'd say hey you how you been and uh i just feel terrible that i can't but anyway thank you very much sir for stopping by and the rest of you 10 percent, it was great to see you and you 90 percent <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, of year. August 2020 is only 50 weeks away. Mm-hmm. Hey, we do have a poll question for this week as well. Uh, I don't know if people have heard, but there was a gigantic mega media corporation uh, merger thing announced. Uh, CBS, Paramount, Viacom all getting back together. How do you think that's going to go? How will the CBS, Paramount, Viacom merger go? Uh, your two choices are great and not great. Right now, great is at 79%, not great at 21%. second half of the show would be a good time to talk about that because uh, Alison Pitt of Daily Star Trek News uh, has certainly been keeping an eye on that. And, uh, yeah, yeah, call us up and give us your thoughts. And I in like meantime, posing, though, go ahead.
2: I was going say, I like posing questions for which uh, it is impossible to answer. We know. Well, we, we don't know how it's going to go. Yeah. Just, why not?
1: Yeah. Well, and when we ask that question, too, like, are people I assume people watching this show or listening to this show are thinking specifically about what it's going to mean for Star Trek yeah. as opposed to just, you know, what's it going to mean for everything? Like, I immediately go, oh, corporate redundancy. People are going to lose their jobs. Oh, a tightening of the media message into even fewer hands. I personally am not sure how this is going to go. If we're just talking about Star Trek, though, well, then I'm not sure how this is going to go. All right.
2: all right. Well, let's meet our guests. So as you may know, if you've been paying attention to the news coming out of Roddenberry Podcast Network, we recently teamed up with a very cool science and critical thinking oriented podcast called Shabam Shabam. It's actually an acronym. We will have our guests explain that to us in just a moment. Uh, we would like to welcome all the way from different parts of the world. Well, so in the U.S., Josh Kurtz and Wendy, I'm so sorry. My French is awful. I said uh, <laughs> Rotor, Rotor Weiss, Rotor I don't know how you prefer.
3: Uh, it's German, but uh, Weiss. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, German, really? Yeah, <laughs> that, that one. A
3: little, a little German, just a little bit. Weiss. Yeah.
2: See, when I lived in Chicago, as I know you do, um, of course, the, the big dairy there, Oberweiss or Oberweiss. Yeah. Depending on how, and I I love their milk and their ice cream. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
3: we get the milk delivered for a while. You can still do that, like have the milk show up at your house. It's kind of oh,
2: not in LA. I can't. Nope, (laughs) (laughs) don't do
4: that. I mean, you can do you can do Uber Eats. Can you-
2: <laughs> <laughs> from Chicago, from was, Chicago yeah. yeah. Well, welcome to the show, guys, and uh, we had Thank such a good guys. time getting to know you both. Uh, uh, well, Josh, you were at Comic Con and Vegas, and yes. uh, then we got to know both of you in Vegas, and you joined us for our panel and all the fun that comes with hanging out at the table and meeting and greeting all the people who are curious about um, uh, about the Ron Podcast Network and and what you both do. So. Um, shabam give yes. us the uh, the nutshell view here uh what we're in store for with shabam actually Ken, i think you wanted to start a little earlier than that though we want to talk about their journey into audio
1: well no actually i was going to start with shabam see because okay. why because why do people care no yeah. here's the thing we, we start with uh, shabam and then people are like oh i'm kind of interested but who the heck are these people and then and then we'll hit with the actually why don't we back up a little bit and do the thing here's what i want to know how would you describe Shabam? Just give people that, as John said, that nutshell view. Uh,
4: I would describe it as a, we're an audio program that takes a fictional narrative and uses that to talk about real science. And so in season one, we take a zombie apocalypse and we uh, break it down to try to figure out, you know, we talk about different science that that uh, goes on when. Different parts of society break down during something like that. And then, uh, yeah, we, uh, we have fictional characters and they, there's a story that goes on and then we, we, uh, break off and talk about historical events that are related and we talk about, uh, science concepts that are related and then, um, it all unfolds over 10 episodes.
2: Now, wait a minute, you're saying that a zombie apocalypse is
4: fictional?
1: (laughs) Well, Yeah. parts of it
4: yeah <laughs> exactly parts of it that's one thing we kind of uh you know look at is uh how how real would a zombie apocalypse be and like what would it take to have something like that happen
1: so yeah. when you say what actually what you are you talking about the science of the apocalypse are you talking about how society would break down are you talking about all of the above i mean which parts are you examining
3: It's kind of all of the above. Um, Honestly, this is sort of like pulling back the curtain, but it's really an interesting way to explain infrastructure (laughs) because infrastructure is really boring. So what we decided to do was look at how would infrastructure break down if we had a zombie apocalypse? And so... By taking away each of these things that we all take for granted, like communication, electricity, water, food. These are all things that we look at in each episode. So, you know, what's in place now? What would happen if that were to suddenly go away like it would in a zombie apocalypse? So we have real science that supports all these ideas. So there's still a fictional narrative, but we're looking at the real science behind what would actually happen if we had a zombie apocalypse.
1: See, you say infrastructure is boring, but they have infrastructure week like every four to six weeks in Washington. So it can't be that bad. And who goes to that? Right. <laughs> Barely Not nobody. Sure <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say a couple of people now and again, maybe. I um, mean
4: as soon as you mention infrastructure, people's eyes glaze over. So that's why we don't even say infrastructure in the show.
1: <laughs> right. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Yeah. You've got, I mean, because the show is incredibly well produced. The show has a sense of humor. The show is is entirely scripted. <sighs> How did this thing happen?
4: Um, we wanted to make a a science show that was different than other science shows, and we wanted to do something that we wanted to listen to as well. So,
1: oh, well, okay, but That's I mean, I I, I want to write a play. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, how do you, I mean? How do well, you, you get do from me? <laughs> well, what's it about, Ken? <laughs> okay, I actually have started to write a play, but we're not talking about that right now. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, there's there's a there's a there's a long way from the I've got an idea to I've got a show that's out there. I mean, what, how did this? I mean, how did this? Seriously, how did this come to pass?
3: Uh, so just a little bit about a background and you're going to ask us, but, uh, Josh and I met in film school. So we went to USC and, uh, we both have that like narrative bug where we think that one of the best ways to get people excited about whatever you're talking about is to pull them into the story. So, um, Mel, who is our co-host, who's not on the call. He, when we were talking about doing the science podcast and we, we really were, our aim is middle school kids. So that was like, we wanted to Actually, have it be a family friendly podcast, but it, it skews older, and we have many, many adult fans, but, um, the idea being we want to look at how can we do this differently? And Mel just kept coming back to zombies. He's just like zombies, zombies, zombies. Everybody loves zombies. And so he kind of gave us that challenge and Josh and I ran with it and I'm like, fine, said, okay, we'll do zombies. fine. We'll do zombies. Uh, so we started writing the narrative. Um, and then I live in Chicago and I teach at a film school here. So we did a full casting session and brought in actors and cast our kids and cast the parents and wrote all of that. And then we wrote the the host part, which is Josh and me and Mel, who do the sort of explainer uh, elements of it. And then we just started reaching out to different scientists and different historians and um, people in their fields that could speak to the subjects that we thought were interesting that we could tie into the show. So it, it was sort of a, a it was a pretty circuitous route uh, in season one because we didn't know what the, can I swear, uh, what the <laughs> heck we were doing?
2: <laughs> oh, I don't know. Hey, tone it down. Tone it down. Okay. I know.
3: I like, I'll go with heck, just in case. <laughs>
2: um,
3: what the heck we were doing. Um, so we kind of, it took us a while to put together, but uh, we have a much clearer path forward for season two. But it's a, it's a really labor intensive show. If, if you listen to it, it's very, very edited and sound designed. And we have songs. Um, Our amazing producer, Cece, is an incredible musician and she does all the songs. And it's just, it, it, it takes a lot to make it. So it was really a process that took a while for us to get to. But at the heart of it, it came down to story and just that Josh and I really want to kind of debunk this idea that science and history is boring and how can we make it? not seem so far away. How can we make it more current? How can we make it more fun and relevant to what's happening around us? And so that's, that was sort of what drove us. And then it was just lots of hours, lots,
0: so, lots of hours.
2: <laughs> well, I, I want to ask you about that because I, I listen to a lot of science podcasts when I'm not uh, uh, science fictioning on, um, on mission log and um you know i think a sort of a recurring theme in within those science podcasts are uh first of all trying to make the information entertaining so you can get out to as wide an audience as possible but also this this concern this frustration that science communication seems to be harder than just about any other kind of communication um there, there are podcasts with all kinds of subjects and very often the subjects sort of sell themselves i i think what you're doing is interesting because uh, like Star Trek, you can take a a fun fictional universe, but then get in these ideas that hopefully get the audience thinking on their own, maybe maybe juggling with some ideas they hadn't maybe considered before. So I, I just want to ask the both of you, what is your scientific passion? Where, why do you see this as, as something that you are so involved in now, uh, to be science communicators through this entertaining platform?
4: So at least for me, like I've been doing some sort of science communication for like, I can't believe it's over 20 years now. And like when, when I started, it was like, I, I did these segments for, uh, I worked with a friend of mine. We did these segments for Nightline, uh, with Robert Krolwich. And so Robert Krolwich is kind of like, he would do the, the kind of quirky Nightline and then he would throw to us and we'd do an even more quirkier segment on one like concept like the replacement rate of a population which is totally boring but then we did a video where we like smash eggs and it was like okay well, cut to these guys let I me mean, cut back so i always thought that you know science is just there there's so many cool things in science that that are just not um explained in a way that are interesting i guess that you can just play with it and uh Come up with these good, you know, explanations that people will get people interested, you know?
2: So. What do you think is the holdup here? That, you know, I, I was always excited about science class in school, wasn't always good at it but I always appreciated what I was learning and I wanted to continue my scientific education after my formal education, whether it's, you know, reading or, or watching documentaries or listen to podcasts that have this sort of angle. But why is it that this is kind of a hard sell? You know, if I tell somebody uh, just, you know, asking five people, Hey, do you want to listen to a science podcast? Probably four of them are going to say no. If I say it's a zombie podcast, then hopefully four of them will say yes.
3: Yeah. And see, I'm the opposite. Like, I, I didn't like science class. I was told at a young age that I was bad at science and I was bad at math and I believed people. And so I, I honestly figured out that I loved science through science fiction. Like, I loved Kurt Vonnegut and I got really into Star Trek and I got into all these different things that I was like, oh, my gosh, this is great. And I had this like epiphany where like, oh, my God, I like science. I had no idea. And so for me, I had the opposite where it was never presented in a way to me that was interesting and had a door that was open to me for me to say, oh, I like this. I understand this. I get this. And I think that that's really the big mission for me and Josh and Mel with this show is that we want people to to realize that science is everywhere. It's like you can't walk across a room without science. And if we can can make it more accessible to people, whether it's through zombies or through stories of you know Polynesian navigation or legionnaires disease or whatever it is, then people can be like, oh my God, wow, this is this isn't this like unattainable thing that's either boring or I don't get or I'm not smart enough to understand you can figure out how the immune system works. If we package it in a way that makes sense to more people. And I think that's really like where the passion comes from.
1: Yeah. We have a caller on the line that I want to get to in just a moment, but I've got one more question for you really quickly. Um, So I understand why narrative, I understand why science (sighs) are we aiming at middle schoolers because then you can get somebody at least that young and up Or was it important, like from what you were just talking about, Wendy, was it important to make sure that, you know, there's not a kid out there who just because somebody told them they're no good at science doesn't mean it's not something they can pursue. I mean, why, uh, why do they aim at middle school?
4: I think middle school is also that time when like science change, like teaching of science changes from like cool planets and lions and stuff. And it changes to like, Okay we got to figure out what an alluvial cove is and we have to talk about earth science and we have to talk about biology and we have to go through the cells and like you know it, it starts to become a lot more rigorous and that's when I think things can start getting boring and uh, you can kind of switch off because you're like dude i don't understand cells man I, I don't understand what's going on <laughs> but like if you but if you thought of it like your immune system is like whoa, what are you doing what you know they they're, they're always like they're on patrol like your body's constantly doing this and then when you think of things like that like we love to anthropomorphize (laughs) everything (laughs) everything so like so you know it just makes it more fun and and you can get the same concept in a way that's not boring you know like i i this is my biggest gripe in high school is like you're listening to the physics and it's like why are we talking about boxes and inclined planes i mean cars (laughs) cars are (laughs) crashing that's that's physics so good call
1: Six, six, nine, is the phone number to call. Six, six, nine, Or you can use the one top from your smartphone. Or uh, if you're on Facebook, you can uh, follow whatever links are there and then punch in the meeting code there. And you'll be talking to Earl there. And then you'll be talking to us here. Uh, Craig, it looks like he's opted for the phone route. Uh, good evening, Craig.
0: Good evening. Let me hey, take well, you off. There we go. Uh, this this uh, program really sounds interesting. Um, it's kind of like, it sounds like we're fiction and nonfiction meet. Yeah. yeah Is that, I, that's, that's, and uh, yeah. as far as this storyline, you know, it sounds great. Uh, my children, 11 and 13, uh, you know, we have the house set up for a zombie apocalypse. That's their <laughs> their thing and the i turned my scissor uh, <laughs> really right. love okay Woo. <laughs> all right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, <know. laughs> I wanted to include it but my kids love it and, and this really sounds interesting yeah it's something that is, that, that really that the, we as a family could enjoy yeah.
4: if yeah if you're already into zombies and to that extent then you'll enjoy the show
3: Yeah, for sure. I have to say some of our our favorite comments we've gotten from listeners is when a new episode would come out, we would get emails from people saying, Oh, we're so excited. We're all going to sit around the computer tonight, like an old radio show with our popcorn and, you know, listen in. And it's like, that's so great. That's what we want it to be. We want it to be this serialized narrative where each week you learn something. And also the idea too, I mean, the episodes are really dense. There's a lot going on, so they're repeatable. And every time you listen to them, you get something new out of it. So it sounds like it's right up your alley.
0: It, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I listen with my kids uh, Radio Mystery Theater, the old E.G. Marshall. Uh, they love it. So, Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's
2: cool. not great. I, I was to say that you know people might wonder why we're excited about the show and why we're talking about it. Why it's on Roddenberry Podcast Network? And you know, one is just our own interest in diversifying the network and and getting ideas out there that kind of speak to what's important to Roddenberry. Part of that being science education. Uh, but really, what it comes down to in this case, Rod heard the show. He loved it. He was playing it for his son Zale. They both really enjoyed it because a variety of ages can get something out of this show. So he wanted to open up a dialogue and, and talk about how we partner Roddenberry with Spam. And it happened. So that, that's, that just answers sort of why we're all here. But it speaks to exactly what you're talking about, Craig, is that, yeah, you know, uh, the way the shows are structured is entertaining. It's fun and adults are definitely going to get something out of it. And kids are definitely going to get something out of it too.
0: And I can see it uh, spurring uh, a lot of conversation and discussion back and forth and then matching what we see on or hear or imagine in the show to then how we can apply it here at home to our, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> preparing for the song. bringing me and my kids even closer together. That sounds right,
2: right, right. right.
4: Cool. That's the ultimate goal is for you to get closer with your kids. That's why we made the show.
2: Yeah, there you go. There you go. Craig, well, I really so appreciate that. I... <laughs> Craig, thanks for calling in tonight. Thanks, Craig. Oh, my pleasure. Have a wonderful evening, everyone, and I'm looking forward to the show. Take care. Hey, I, I just want to address something really quickly. Um, I know that we've uh, had some interruptions in our live stream tonight, so I apologize to the people who are watching and typing furiously. Uh, no, we can't stop in the middle of the show, uh, but... The audio stream will go out tomorrow. All of you will be hearing this, and you can always catch the video later if you are not sticking with it right now. It's okay. It'll be all right, folks. I promise. And we will be back again next week. So go ahead, Ken.
1: Well, for people who are sticking around, 669 is the phone number to call, 669 uh, 6833 Or you can use the one-tap from your smartphone or just you know, click on through, through Facebook, and you'll be on with us momentarily. Um trying to figure out the best way to go next let's let's wrap up really quickly with shabam before we go on to your time at stlv um can you tell us anything about season two Hmm. wendy
4: yeah
3: (laughs) um so it's kind of it's kind of crazy but before uh we met rod and had this partnership happen uh we had already been planning season two and coincidentally it's about space (laughs) so it's kind of perfect but um it's a new story it's at 80 years in the future new kids new obstacles but the idea being that uh at this point in the future uh mars has been semi-colonized there's been different groups that have gone there and this is the first mission where uh, families have been allowed to come with their parents who are going to be working on Mars. So, uh, we've been talking to all of the incredible people working on the current Mars missions, uh, both manned and unmanned, and uh, just really been incredible what we've been learning about the process of us getting to Mars. So, we'll be looking at kind of the contemporary science that's happening and then sort of look to the future and trying to plan out like what we think is going to happen 80 years in the future in terms of the narrative.
0: I, I've
4: go- then, Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, go no, ahead. I was just going to say, and then in terms of the science, we're talking about like, you know what it actually takes to get to Mars. Cause that isn't really going to change in 80 years. You're still, right. you're still going to deal right. with the same problems. Um, but uh, the idea is actually not that far off because I didn't realize this, but people take their families to Antarctica and people have been born in Antarctica, whoa, <laughs> which is crazy to me but hmm. uh but yeah, so so yes, it's the first time scientists can bring their families to mars that's
2: well, i've got an idea for you since you're talking about spacefaring families one of the characters could be like uh, like a 10 11 year old boy and he forms a friendship with a robot but there's a stowaway who's kind of like an irascible <laughs> kind of a curmudgeon and you don't know at first if he's a good guy or a bad guy but uh the you get to know him over the seasons wait uh, i'm writing this down hold on yeah yeah and then he and the boy form a friendship as well a half hour
1: all right so we got about three or four <laughs> minutes with you guys and then we're going we're gonna to say goodnight. Before we let you yeah. go, though, uh, if memory serves, uh, Star Trek Las Vegas was uh, both of your first Star Trek inventions. Yes. Is that correct? It is correct.
3: No, no it's not correct. Um, correct not- for me.
1: Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, Wendy, you've got a story here. What?
3: No, I I was a huge Next Generation fan, like just huge. Uh, so I went to two in Chicago um, when I was much younger, and absolutely loved them. You know, bought all the stuff that I could buy. Uh, so I was I was super super into it. But I haven't been to one in a really long time. So it, for me, it was it was amazing to go back. And it and the one I went to, the two that were here, nothing compared to the Las Vegas one. Not not even close. So that yeah, was pretty.
1: I was going to ask you, actually, I mean, because obviously, I mean, uh, Star Trek Las Vegas is the biggest one. I think it goes back and forth between the one in in Las Vegas and the one in Germany, if memory serves, is which one is the biggest year to year. Um, uh, Talk to me about the people, though. I mean, is it? Well, don't talk to me about the people. Talk to me about whatever you want to. (laughs) The differences between the two. What was it about each one that, I mean... I don't know. Did you get the same vibe? Did you get the same feeling? Is it the kind of thing that you would now think, "Yeah, yeah, I could do that for a few days, even if I weren't working with it? I mean, what was your take having come back to it? And then Josh, I want to hear about your first time.
3: Well, I think it was such a different... I think it was different for me because at the time I went to the original ones, there was just the original series, the movies, and Next Generation. And now there's like this huge like universe right so running into people who had like their specific loves and talking to them about that like people who were super into peace by stein people who are into voyager and like I-, I think that that just it it's it's made a much bigger culture of people who are drawn to different elements of the show that didn't exist when i went way back when um, i was also like a teenager so <laughs> my perspective now is different too and I I mean Josh and I we just had like the best time and I think that the biggest takeaway for us especially working in the booth was just the the inclusion element um the like the amazing pronoun buttons that Illuminate Warp had put together and just having like overhearing the conversations about that with people who were coming up going what are these and like that part of it like the the, the dialogue that I heard and this idea of everybody being welcomed was just just pervasive and i think that that was just just so wonderful
4: yeah i was was gonna say the same thing like just the just the vibe is very inclusive and it's kind of like it mimics where the star trek future is you know and and i think that's that's you know unique right you don't see that probably at uh you
1: know I'll the Walking dead, dead convention. Just say The Walking <laughs> <Yeah>. Dead convention. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Not that there's anything wrong with zombies, but, you know, it's a... Right. It's it's a, a
4: Apocalypse con. Yeah.
1: It's a bit of a different feel, I think. Well, uh, so for people who don't know, there are a few places that you can get Shabam. Uh, of course, places where you get podcasts. Uh, we're actually dropping an episode uh, once a week. So if you want to listen to it old-fashioned radio ways, you can go to podcast.roddenberry.com. But if people are just like, no all of it right now, it's 2019 and that's how I roll. Uh, what's the best place for people to, uh, to check out more?
4: iTunes, Stitcher. You, you can also go to Spotify. Spotify, yeah.
3: yeah. Our website. We just redesigned our website. Um, also, we wanted to mention too, we do these other uh, smaller episodes called Connections and we made a very special... Star Trek Connections piece uh, leading up to the convention. And so you should definitely check that one out. That's number five. But if you're going to listen to the show, you're going to want to start season one, episode one, if you want the serial of the 10 episodes.
2: That, uh, that was a very special episode. In fact, we all learned a little something from that one. So everybody <laughs> tune in. by the way, before you go real quick, uh, uh, David in the chat says, uh, the question is this. Now that Josh and Wendy have sampled STLV, will they be back next year? Be careful of the return visit. The return visit will lock you in.
4: (laughs) What does that mean? Lock you in. Okay. Um, Then you you can't get away year after year after year. The the
1: first time you can be sort of overwhelmed. If you come back a second time, you're you're coming back. I mean, that's, I I, I think what David's saying. I don't know. Yeah, 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 let's do it. No, no, no. no, no, I don't think so.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it, it, no, it goes I mean, up
1: a thousand dollars every year i think it's what they right. saying he by the way is part of the uh, stlb department of tourism or <laughs> right something
3: right yeah. i don't know right we would love to come back i yeah. mean it would totally blast. and that, it's saying a lot because i i am very vocal about the fact that i hate las vegas with a huge passion and the fact that i'd be willing to go back to that city is saying a lot so it was it was really it was definitely my favorite time ever spent in las Vegas. So. That'd Somebody right.
4: made a shuttlecraft out of like a, uh, one of those little Rover vehicles. I'm just right. sitting outside. Yeah. That? Yeah. Was I that was just was so sitting cool.
2: there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just go, hang out that's on it. Awesome. Take pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Brad. Yeah. Hey, that's oh so cool. All right, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, oh, uh, yes, com, and um, we will see you next
1: time. All right.
3: Okay.
2: Thank, awesome. thank you. Take
1: care. And just a moment, Daily Star Trek News' own Allison Pitt will be joining us. If you want to get questions in about any of the Star Trek news going on right now or something else you want to ask, 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call. 669-900-6833. Or you can use the one tap from your smartphone or click the links on Facebook. Uh, You get to talk to Earl and then you get to talk to us. Now we got a bit of business to do though, John, before we, uh, before we get to our next guest.
2: Yeah, I want to give a shout out because he's in the chat right now. Scott Palm, you've heard us talk about our friend Scott and the heroic curriculum that he has worked on. And that curriculum, of course, with the double goal, one, teaching children with serious disabilities, uh, important values like resilience and uh, having a healthy identity and breaking barriers and other crucial mental health and life skills. And the other part of that. Being teaching the peers of those children with disabilities, values like inclusion and ending marginalization and being an ally. I've also mentioned before that October is bullying prevention month and cerebral palsy month. So if we reach our first goal and we are well more than halfway there, Scott's program can start almost with the new school year and then run for a full six months. Ken, since we've been talking about STLV tonight, Something really amazing happened when we were there. Uh, Women at Warp sold new pins that they designed for a suggested donation of $5. And the money that they raised would all go to Scott's fundraiser and will be doubled by the Roddenberry Foundation. And when we added it all up, Women at Warp raised 500 bucks. Of course, that gets doubled by the Roddenberry Foundation. So that is 1000 bucks now closer to our goal Cannot thank the Women at Warp enough. That was so kind. Um, I actually, I, I wasn't sure at first. I know that they said that they were doing it for a donation, and, uh, I thought that it was just sort of going to Pop Culture Hero Coalition in general. And then I talked to Sue and I went over to the page, the GoFundMe page, and there it is from Women at Warp, 500 bucks. So I could not be more thrilled. And I would encourage everybody to chip in, even if it's a buck or two, that gets doubled. This is great work. It is important work, and it is not the easiest thing to do because of Scott's cerebral palsy. So remember, Roddenberry Foundation is joining us to help Scott spread the word. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash mission log pod. You'll see the link to the fundraiser there. You'll also see it on our Twitter page, twitter.com missionlogpod mission log pod. And you will be contributing to something that truly embraces the values of Star Trek and put it into action. So remember, the Beer Foundation doubles your donation. Facebook.com slash Mission Log Pod. Look for the post. Make a donation. If you can't make a donation, help us out just by sharing the post. Help us get the word out. We do appreciate it. And you might even help make the world a better place.
1: 669-900-6833 is the phone number to call. 669-900-6833. Or you can use the one tap from your smartphone. Or if you're on Facebook, click the links there, use the meeting code there, uh, talk to Earl here, and then you'll be on with us and uh, with our next guest. For years, you've heard us talk about Priority One, Elijah, Kenna, Tony, and Anthony bringing you all sorts of Star Trek news and talk. Well, Kenna is not on that show anymore because Prime Universe's Kenna, Allison <laughs> Pitt, has struck out on her own and started another new commercial to the Roddenberry Podcast Network, Daily Star Trek News. She's here now to talk about her show, recap her time in STLV, and talk about Star Trek news of the day today. Because there was a tiny bit of Star Trek news today. Well, or was there? <laughs> <laughs> a tiny,
5: tiny bit. Hello.
1: Hi, Allison. Hello. Thank you very much for uh, thank you very much for joining us.
5: Hi, I'm sorry. I've got an interloper here as well. My cat has decided to join. Oh no, she's gone now.
1: Oh no.
2: Okay, I didn't want to alarm you that there is. Uh, <laughs> There Sorry should be you in the camera.
1: Yeah. I feel like even just on the Roddenberry podcast network, there are enough that somebody should start a cats of podcasting calendar because mm. there are so many times where I watch a show or listen to a show, and like in the middle of a conversation, you'll hear somebody go, "Sorry, that's my cat."
3: <laughs> Don't know <laughs> like
5: Especially Simba, she likes to come and join. So when I used to be on Priority One, she would always come and sit on my lap when we were in the middle of a show. That was pretty. That was pretty normal.
1: Let's um, let's work backwards from the way we did things with uh, with the good people from Shabam a few moments ago and start at STLB and then move into news of the day. Uh, this year's show was a different thing for you because you've always gone as part of um, Priority One, uh, which, you know, we jokingly say, but it's absolutely true. is Narmada. Armada. It's people upon people upon people. So you're like, you know, um, uh, one of several. When you're part of P1, whereas uh, Daily Star Trek News, uh, you you are one of one. How is Wait, that, I, how? I just want to make ahead. sure
2: it's okay with, for us to talk about P1 still. Yeah, it is okay. <laughs> of course. Okay. All right.
5: All right. <laughs> I get manufacturing drama, John. No, no, no. Yeah, Maybe no. Um, like a- yeah, P1 is still going strong. In fact, they were they were on just before you guys tonight. So so yeah. But I was not at STLV with priority one they were doing their own thing they had still the armada of people for for anyone who's watching now who doesn't who hasn't listened to priority one yet first of all you should second of all they're sort of a magazine type show so they're uh what they're reporting on is a little bit delayed so uh, that's different to what i do now which is every day uh so where i was running around like mad and all the panels this year um versus they were running around um interviewing some really awesome celebrities and, and putting together some really great content for their, for their weekly show. It was great.
1: So what was it like being there under your own, uh, uh, flying under your own flag, if you will?
5: was it was really different. So I've only ever been there uh, as part of priority one, as somebody who is, you know, helping to pull all these things together. Um, This time around, I spent a lot of time in panels taking pictures of people, which I'm still going through. I literally took 1000s of pictures of people uh, on stage. Um, And of course, I was producing shows, Uh, not all the shows, but a couple, uh, just enough to, to give everyone a flavor of the news that was happening while I was away in Las Vegas.
2: Now I, I want to ask you something real quick. Uh, sure. back when you decided to do this show and you created a bunch of uh, sample shows and we started talking about incorporating that into the network, my concern was that there wasn't enough Star Trek news and while am I wrong? I guess my mindset was <laughs> five years ago when it's like, well there might be another movie, there might be another show somewhere down the road. Um I imagine your workflow is pretty off the hook just staying on top of like literally every day there's something new
5: yeah that's right um i and uh, your concerns were absolutely founded, although by the time I was talking to you about what we were going to do with the show, I basically laughed at you <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't hear me <laughs> I,
2: I, you I figured you'd do that anyway so, that's <laughs> so not...
5: yeah, we've got we've got now five uh five Star trek series currently in production not counting all of the stuff that's happening on the periphery. So people, uh, for instance, Marina Sirtis is on stage in the West End in London, or she just finished her run, or the Deep Space Nine documentary is coming out. There's loads of stuff that's going on in the larger franchise that's of interest to people who are Star Trek fans, that it's no problem finding the news every day. It's no problem at all. 669-900-6833
1: is the phone number to call. 669-900-6833. Or you can use the one tap from your smartphone. Or uh, if you're on Facebook, click the links there and talk to Earl and talk to us. Um, So (laughs) the weird thing is like two of the biggest news stories out there for Star Trek right now. And you can't even necessarily say that they're actually news stories for Star Trek, but I know they're dominating the space.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, One is uh, the CBS uh, Viacom Paramount Merger because a lot of people think that's going to mean a lot for Star Trek. And the other thing is Quentin Tarantino just won't shut his mouth about the possibility of maybe making a Star Trek movie someday. Neither of these things are necessarily going to affect Star Trek, but am I right in thinking that those are the two biggest stories right now?
5: uh, Yeah, they're the two biggest stories at the moment. Um, And once we start kicking off, uh, further down the line of production of things like short tracks and Star Trek Picard, um, those will start picking up and dominating the news cycle. But yeah, for the moment, it's pretty much Quentin Tarantino and CBS and Viacom. <laughs>
2: oh, 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 but before we get into the CBS Viacom paramount things, I do want to talk about that here for a minute. Um, I, I just, I love that, uh, you know, fandom is very different now. It's very different. That uh, sure we 've had the internet for a while, and I remember reading Trek BBS back when Enterprise was on the air, um, But now everybody has something on them all the time and able to reach multiple social networks all the time and uh, every opinion, just your snap judgment goes out whenever. Uh, I was so amused and stopped short of leaving a really snarky reply this morning. CBS had posted something on Instagram, uh, about the Picard show. Mm-hmm. Now, the Picard show, pretty much between Comic Con and Vegas, and just talking to people universally, I have heard nothing but excitement about this show. Of course, people wonder what it'll be like. What will the character be any different? How is he aged? The character, I mean. Um, but the, the, the comments on this chat were, um, the very first one said, you are all but ensuring the failure of this show by putting it on CBS All Access. And I, and I just thought, yes, of course. Uh, that's why they're developing five more shows after the failure of. Their flagship show, which is going into its third season and second set of short tracks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I, that was just kind of bizarre to me, uh, and, and kind of hilarious. But I, I just, I wonder if by doing news, by covering news, like, Are we even able to sort of give it a little dispassionate look, (laughs) you know, (laughs) without just being mired in opinion and feedback and and just the, the constant noise of social media?
5: well honestly that's one of the reasons that i wanted to do this show because you know i wanted something that was going to be a short quick hit that uh, people can listen and find out what the facts are and find out what the what the news the, the important information is um without having to wade through like a lot of opinion and speculation um because that's kind of what dominates the social media space uh, so there's you know for instance you know there's already 20 or 30 hot takes out there on the CBS Viacom merger. Um, there is a lot of opinion and speculation over the card series. What's it going to mean for canon? What's it going to mean for the series? Is it going to be the end of the Kelvin timeline? I mean, there's all this stuff out there. But at the end of the day, the Star Trek, the Star Trek franchise, uh, CBS, is a business. And the, what we're seeing is like a manifestation of a business model by CBS and using Star Trek as a vehicle. Um, there are a lot of people out there who love Star Trek and want to know what's going on with the franchise, but without all of the drama. And that's what I'm trying to aim. That's what I'm trying to bring to people so that you can listen and find out the facts and then make up your own mind about, you know, how you are going to interact with the fandom going forward. Um, and I do want to point out as well, you know, daily Star Trek news, we talk, I, I say we, it's the royal we. Um, <laughs> I talk about the news. Um, but there's also other current events that are going on there. Um, one of my favorite parts of the show is actually on Thursday afternoons, uh, or Thursday. I think if it is an afternoon, it's the second half of the show. Um, talking about Star Trek events. Um, in your local area. So whatever that area may be. And I'm always look, on the lookout for uh, different events around the country, around the globe, that people can go out and interact with Star Trek fans sort of on their own home turf, you know, without having to make the trek. Pardon the pun. To oh, that, is, that, is actually,
1: that is actually a valuable <laughs> part of the show. Um, I know that uh, when Elijah from Priority One and I went to... Northeast Trek Con back in 2016. Uh, we just happened to find out about it because he just happened to be served an ad on Facebook at just the right time. And we put something together and we went, I do know that a friend of mine uh, heard about a star Trek invention that was coming up 30 miles from him uh, from your show. And it was only 30 miles from him and he's tuned into the whole star Trek thing. And yet he hadn't heard about it because, um, well, because, Because there's so much information coming from so many different places. So he was actually appreciative of that part. Um, So that Thursday segment is just one of the segments that you have, though. Um, Mm -hmm. Monday, if memory serves, is all news. And then Tuesday through Friday, it's news at the top and then some other segment at the bottom. Uh, Run us through the other four.
5: Right. So uh, Monday is just usually just news because there's stuff that's catching up from the weekend. Tuesday, I do a little bit of Trek trivia. Wednesday is looking back at this week in Trek history. Thursday is uh, Star Trek events, in-person events. And Friday is a roundup of uh, the other shows, the other things that are going on on the podcast network. Plus, uh, I actually, on Tuesday, I pose a trivia question to listeners and then you find out the answer on friday so that's a little <laughs> bit of fun too so.
1: is the hope that people are just gonna like not look it up but really think about it for a couple of days going no i know i know it i know i know it and then some wise guy friend of theirs is like if only there were some database that you could check and <laughs> shut up <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> well you
5: know you can you can, you can- do with it what you want. Um, it's just meant to be a bit of fun. What's really interesting is that people are listening to my show that seem to be from corners of the internet that I was not aware existed. Mm. Um, you know, there's more people listen to my show as a podcast on social media. So, um, and I and I don't necessarily hear from all those people, um, but what I'm trying to to, to get is a, is a level of engagement um, at the right level that maybe isn't being addressed um, elsewhere. So, uh, you know, you're not going to find the hardest trivia in the world, but if you're into Star Trek and you want to get a little bit of a challenge, um, then that's the place to find it.
1: It's interesting because, um, and John and I have talked about this before. I mean, we have a very active and, and engaged, uh, Facebook uh, following. Certainly the people who come here to talk in the uh, chat room on Facebook is also fantastic. Uh, podcasting. And, and I know because I've also done a daily news show for like 13 plus years now. A lot of times it feels like it's just you. So the stuff that you're doing to sort of, you know, foster that sense of community is, um, it's commendable. And I kind of wish I had thought of a lot of it 13 years ago. Uh, 6-6-9-900-6833 is the phone number to call. Six six nine nine hundred six eight three three. We are going to talk more about uh, the the, um, the the gigantic merger that happened earlier today. It was announced earlier today in just a moment. But first, it's habitual, even though this whole episode has been about stuff on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. I'm going to tell you more about the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Uh, you've got this show, Mission Log Live. Of course, you've got Mission Log as well, which is back with a new episode this week, by the way, Past Tense, Parts 1 and 2. Yeah, you know, uh, travel time is over, and we're right back into it. Uh, Priority 1, as we mentioned earlier, Women at Warp, The Trek Files, uh, Shabam, and of course, Allison's Show, Daily Star Trek News, the place to keep up with all of it. And then any other new things that we might add at some point is podcast.rottenberry.com. Um what you said a moment ago about, you know, uh, getting the facts, not relying on hot takes, you know, really just really just coming with you know, the things that we know uh, is commendable. And I'm going to ask you to shove all that aside right now because the hottest, <laughs> okay. hot take thing, of course, is what does uh, the gigantic mega merger between uh, CBS and Viacom and Nickelodeon and MTV. And I think, yeah, I think this show actually just got picked up by CBS five minutes <laughs> nice. ago. So it's part of it now. Great. Yeah, I know. They, they have an official podcast, John. And. Fingers crossed! This could Ooh, be. Oh, it.
2: hey, uh, my, my, it's funny. Uh, a lot of people commenting in the chat. David and uh, Cooley, Cooley, uh, it, it's great. David says, uh, you know, I wonder if we'll get that classic Paramount logo back at the end of the episodes now and then. Uh, John Cooley, uh, he says, you know, we always remember that Star Trek is a model for business. Never forget that an Itik pendant found its way onto the show to market Itik pendants. <laughs> Do not <laughs> misunderstand. This is not a bad thing. It was just a thing. And then he follows up with Mission Log Live, a Lincoln Enterprises podcast. <laughs> I like the sound of that. I
1: like <laughs> I that. Uh, yeah. you like Lincoln Enterprises or Norway Productions? Because I could go either oh,
2: way. Oh Norway. Nice. Oh, I love the old Norway yeah. productions. So sorry to derail us here for a second, Ooh. but yeah, Allison, your hot take if you will.
1: Well, I actually had a specific question. I'm trying to figure out what it is that has people so excited about the movies and the TV coming back together because movies are off doing their thing right now. Maybe we get Tarantino. Maybe we get Chris Pine back. Who knows what's happening there? Television. I mean, soon throw a rock and you will hit a star Trek television show. What is it that has people so excited about, about these things merging? And then of course your hot take.
5: Uh, well, first, I think you have to kind of define who it is that's getting excited. I think it's a very specific segment of the fandom that's super excited about, you know, the idea of reunification. Um, and I think generally speaking, there are people who um, didn't like the splitting of the Kelvin timeline and it got worse with Into Darkness and we covered a little bit with Beyond, but you know, the the perception of Paramount helming the film side of Star Trek has not been great. Paramount as a studio has sort of publicly had its problems. Um, and even though it's actually been improving a lot in the last couple of years, um, there's that perception that Paramount is not doing good by Star Trek and uh, by contrast, over the last couple of years, CBS is kind of on its way up. The uh, rising, um, you know, the the new global franchise group, you know, everything is going right for CBS right now. So I think that people love Star Trek films. I mean, everyone has an opinion on what their favorite Star Trek film is. Uh, they're all wrong, unless it's the one with the whales um but the, the idea that we could have uh, somebody steering the film ship was well as the television ship in the right direction is kind of um tantalizing plus you know it, it, it's just having the ip fractured feels not very star trek
1: okay so you get rid of the kelvin timeline um William Shatner is still 80-something years old, and as much as we miss him, Leonard Nimoy is still not with us. James Doohan is not with us. DeForest Kelly is not with us. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if this is just a longing, well, sort of like you say, just a longing for the way things were without a, without a real clear idea. Although I saw that deep fake video earlier this week where Bill Hader turns into uh, Tom Cruise and Seth Rogen. So I guess we could easily have you didn't see this. No, I just saw the
2: one of Nick Offerman placed into all of the cast of uh, Full House. And that was genius. You know,
1: honestly, when we so uh, for people who don't remember, John and I actually talked to Adam Nimoy a few years ago, and he said that he would have no problem with Leonard turning up in a Star Trek production again. Uh, we weren't talking about deep fakes at the time, but yeah, dude, watch this video and then just freak out because it's Bill Hader telling a story about Tom Cruise and he goes into telling a story about Seth Rogen and the video actually, you know, merges him into both of those people at the times that he's talking about those people. So, I mean, I guess I'm saying, well, you can't go home again, but maybe you can. And, and I guess the part that I understand is, is that the thing that people want because while you can say that TV and movies have sort of fractured the IP, television is putting the IP through a blender at this point. Cause like, you want a cartoon? We got a cartoon. Oh, you want an adult cartoon? Yeah, we got that. You want to go back to Picard? Yeah, we got that covered. You want to go a thousand years in the future or a hundred years back with the discovery? I'm your man. Section 31. I'm working on it. I mean, at this point you don't have a captain. You don't have a ship. You don't have a crew. You have a, an expanding universe.
2: Yeah. And let's keep in mind, remember that Star Trek as an IP, all of that, the the imagery, the characters, everything belongs to CBS, everything. I know that people sometimes on the Internet don't get that. I saw this weird thread about, well, this ship belongs to Paramount. No, it all belongs to CBS. Paramount has film distribution rights. But there is something catalyzing about um about shared resources, you know, back in these golden days, uh, uh, whether that's necessarily the model we want to return to or we want to have happen or not. All of Star Trek was under one roof and resources could be shared between a TV show and a movie and this show and that show. And there is a little bit of separation now where you've got JJ's bad robot doing the creative work sort of separate from what was the Star Trek office. And Ken, uh, your friend and my friend, Dave Rossi, he's the one guy at Paramount uh, sort of heading up start, uh, Paramount Parks. How interesting then that CBS sort of back under the same umbrella, then it, it's potentially Star Trek, Paramount, CBS, Viacom Parks with a resource to pull from from all of that at large. So there, there could be something to this.
1: Yeah. May, go ahead.
5: I was going to say, just uh, make no mistake that this, um, this merger is, first and foremost, a business deal, and the entire announcement focuses entirely on why it's good for investors and for advertisers. And Star Trek is a part of that. They talked about it uh, very briefly in the announcement, um, but... It, Star Trek is very much what can Star Trek do for the new Viacom CBS, not what can Viacom CBS do for Star Trek. Yes. So, um, you know, I think there are, a, you've made some really good points, and I think that especially with our new global franchise group for Star Trek, they have some very exciting things that are going to come up on the horizon, and maybe that will be the reintegration of the film uh, franchise as well. But, um, Star Trek is for the service of CBS and not the other way around.
0: Mm.
2: Well said. Well said.
1: Well, um, for people who want to keep up with your show, uh, daily, daily Star Trek news. <laughs> What's that on like two, three days a week? Something like that?
5: Every day, every weekday, every weekday. Not on the weekends. I, I, I do get to sleep in at the weekends. <laughs>
1: So uh, the show is called Daily Star Trek News. And of course, people can find it at podcast.roddenberry.com and has its own website, which is dailystartreknews.com. That's correct. Yes. Or, of course, wherever you get your podcast, be that iTunes or Stitcher or who knows where. It feels like there's new. Not unlike Star Trek series, it feels like there's a new place to get podcasts every five minutes. So, uh, so just look for Daily Star Trek News and, uh, and, uh, and be up to date with uh, Allison Pitt. Allison, thank you very much for joining us this evening.
5: Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you. Hey, guess what, everybody? Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. Technical production on Mission Log Live is by Earl Green. Uh, be sure to visit Roddenberry, sorry, podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from the Roddenberry Podcast Network, uh, including not just Mission Log. Well, we heard it. That. Mission Log Live. at that. Heard it. Uh, Women at Warp, Priority One, yep. The Trek Files, uh, Hang on Shabam, and daily star trek news keeps growing just minute by minute if you would like to support mission log directly give us a look over at patreon.com slash mission log fun items there including yes uh, the newly posted preview of episode 321 past tense one and two going up right now thanks to everybody who joined us live or later and we will talk to you next week